You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on BingeMedia.net. And now, The Docket. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. That's the real magic of the movies, and don't let anybody tell you this. And by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. And why the fuck are you wasting my two precious hours with your movie? Welcome back to The Docket on BingeMedia.net. Um, the Docket is where um, a fine group of four fellows each pick a movie they haven't seen. And they tell someone else in that group to tell them all about it. Now I am presenting this week to Jack Felvey. What's up? What's going on? Um, I am presenting Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. basketball film for the ages. <laughs> I don't, sorry, I don't want to hype it up too much too early. <laughs> um. <laughs> Jeez. All right. All right. Here we go. Hoosiers is about um, how massive a cunt Barbara Hershey is. No, it's a... <laughs> All right, so just without getting into it too much, the only thing that I know her from, like notable know her from, is the bitch mother in Black Swan. A- anything else I see her in, it's like, oh, there's that fucking mother who was a cunt in Black Swan. So it's funny, it's funny to hear you lead off with that. <laughs> Um, No, it's about a a small school in Hickory, Indiana that uh, makes a run for the the state championship in their uh, their state tournament. And um, it is a film very dear to my heart. I uh, jumped at the chance when Jack had told me he hadn't seen this film. Mm. And um, nothing. This is my first pick, uh, even over some of the other films. I, I could not wait. To uh, present this film to you, and uh, I have a lot to say about it. I hope that you have a lot to say about it. Maybe ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Are you? I, I just want to before we start. Are you the type of guy like when you did this? Did you go and fucking research the shit out of the movie? Like I know you do it for the show, but like, did you, did you like um, your research? Did it? And I don't know how you feel about the film at all. We haven't talked about it. Mm-hmm. Did it persuade you one way or other to like the film less or, or more? So, it's a good question. So, so one of the things we're trying to do with this series is I'm I'm really trying to approach all these episodes from like a place of positivity, right? I, I think there's there's two ways you can go when you're when you're reviewing a movie or when you're thinking about a movie, and it's either okay, what's this got to prove? And you're starting from a place of like, okay, you, you're so good, show me, right? That happens with a lot of like quote unquote classics, right? You get like an idea of what. They're supposed to be, and then it's like, okay, prove it, right? Right. And then there's other movies you see, and they, they, they're on the other side of the spectrum where you expect nothing from them, and they surprise you. Um, with this one, I, I, you know, I watched it once, I did a little reading after the fact, and then I watched it again. Um, some things got a little better. Some okay. things stayed the same. So, okay. a little bit of column A, column B, I, I guess. All right. All right, that's good, going into it. Um, so, that said, um, this is uh, 1986. How old were you in 1986, Jack? I was negative three. 
you're negative three, so I understand why you didn't see it when it came out. Yeah, yeah, it might have been tough. I mean, it's it's an okay excuse, I guess. I mean, to be fair, though, I guess, technically speaking, maybe I did see it. I mean, my dad could have seen this in the theater. I have no idea. So uh, that's a good point. A good point. See, my mom went to see The Exorcist when I when she was pregnant with me. Mm. I count that. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fair. you're a big sports guy. Uh, one of the big sports guys on the on the site. Now I know it's mostly football, but yeah. um, when and I know you've heard about this movie. I know you know there's references to this throughout Hollywood. Uh, um, just in the sporting world, uh, there there are announcers in that that talk about this relentlessly. Mm. How could this movie be left on your docket until 2020? So I, I've actually um, this this answer has come up a couple of times in other episodes that I've done with some of the other guys. Okay, and it just comes down to some things. If you don't see them at a certain point, you just kind of pass them by be, for a multitude of, of non reasons. Um, that's it, it, hold on. That's interesting though because you weren't even born when this came out. So right. what is that? What's that point of no return for you then? It's it's a moving target. It's it, like I can never answer it the same way for a, a certain movies. Like like I, I did an episode with Alex um, of another movie. It was uh, just for fear of uh, I don't know when this will be released. A, a comedy film from you know the late nineties, which I was yeah. definitely alive for. I was definitely around for. I could have seen it, but I just never got to it because I didn't feel any urgency to see it. I'm not really a basketball fan. Like, I, I remember watching the, I want to say, like, 2006 to 2008 Celtics when I was hanging with the guys, you know. Um, that was around my, like, junior year of high school to my first go-around at college, right? So I, I knew a little bit of, like, Ray Allen, Paul Perkins, a little KG. Like, followed a little bit of that stuff. It just never grabbed me the way that football did. Like, I never had that personal connection with it, and I never played it when I was younger. So this being what I've always heard is the definitive basketball movie, it's it's a movie that's about a topic that I don't really have a ton of vested interest in. So I never prioritized watching this because I just – I like Gene Hackman. Um, I like Rudy, the other sports movie from this director. Um, there just wasn't any urgency for me. And I can't really give you a specific as to why. It just kind of never moved up the docket. It just kind of always stayed in, you know, in the background until now. What What is your, just for reference, what is your favorite sports movie of all time? It's, you know, I was trying to think about this before and I was completely blanking on other sports movies, to be honest with you. Um, oh. I, I, I can't even think of any right now. Uh, I mean, the... It's not even a sports. No, it's not a sports movie. I was going to be an asshole and say Big Lebowski because it's bowling, but that's absolutely not a sports movie. Um, probably Caddyshack. I, I don't know. That, that would probably be the one. Well, you're sending this conversation in very many directions because if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, mm. is not you know, a sports movie. <laughs> I mean, in my book, it is. But you know, I also would say that Blues Brothers is the greatest musical ever made, and you know, some people want to argue with that. So who fucking knows? <laughs> All right. Well, okay, well, that's good. That's good for reference. Um, just to be on the other side of where I'm coming from, yeah. There was a Mount Rushmore for sports movies. It would feature Coach fucking Jimmy Raiden Merle. Like that would be my fucking Mount Rushmore of sports movies. All of them. This yeah. is the greatest sporting 
movie I've ever seen in my life. Gotcha. Uh, I saw it in the theater. I was 10, no, what was I, 12. I was 12 years old. Um, it literally, it affected me. It affected me in the way that, uh, you know, something like The Evil Dead did, but in a different way, in a, mm-hmm. in a competition, in an athletic way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I've pumped up like that before in my life. Mm-hmm. It was fucking amazing. Um, I was watching, doing some research, I was watching an old, uh, Siskel and Ebert reviewed this, and it's on YouTube. You can go watch it if you want. I, I was going to pull it, but it's way too long. Um, Siskel feels like it's just it's a little too cliche right and i was like i I was at the age where this wasn't cliche this was it everything cliche is because of this movie now like you know what i mean like this was the starting point for me so um yeah so it's just okay as long as we're clear on our two perspectives sure uh, um let's start with the cast now you said you were a fan of uh gene hackman oh yeah and um, he i think he i think he kind of fell into this role i think it was originally supposed to be jack nicholson Mm. um but he couldn't do it for one reason or another. I think I read somewhere it was he was in a he was in a fucking jury or something. Yeah. It's, before you go anywhere with that, I saw the funniest clip of that. So so basically Nicholson, um, I think it was either the director or the producer that originally wanted him for the movie, and the uh, let's say it was the director. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember off the top of my head which it was, but he says something like. Uh, you know, Jack, I, I I love that, you know, how the movie came out, but I always wonder what it would have been if you were in this. And he said Jack Nicholson went up to him, grabbed him by the shoulders and said, it would have been a mega hit, kid, a mega hit. And then he turned and walked away. <laughs> what a fucking shitty thing to say, right? <laughs> um, but I think, you know, and, and originally the script was supposed to be a much younger coach, too. Mm-hmm. So even before those guys were even considered, I think the original script written by uh, Angelo Pizzo, Pizzo mm-hmm. uh, he, was a, he was a much younger coach, and they make reference to that in the movie when he shows up and cunt Barbara Hershey says, uh, oh, I was expecting <laughs> someone, someone uh, younger. Um, and uh, so, he, yeah, so he, uh, he's the old weathered coach. Mm-hmm. We got uh, the aforementioned Barbara Hershey as... As a very strange kind of sudden love interest, other, yeah. uh, um, other lead. Like, she's kind of, like, most of the movie, she's just suspicious of uh, the new guy in town. She's very protective of Jimmy Chitwood. And she doesn't, like, you know, she always wanted to be out of that town. She got pulled back in for some reason. Right. So she's very, uh, kind of weathered and doesn't get, she's like the only one in the town that doesn't give a fuck about basketball. Mm-hmm. And then we have the team. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Dennis Hopper first. Dennis Hopper. Um, fuck this guy is good in this movie, man. Like he, yeah. he is. Uh, he's one of those guys. Like when I was a kid, right? When I'm 12, watching this, I didn't really appreciate what he does for this film. As an adult, I fucking adore him. He is the only um, Academy Award nominated person in this film. I think this is his only nomination ever. Dennis Hopper's only Academy Award nomination ever. Wow, it's from this film. Huh, that's interesting. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. That. I have uh, I have him talk about it now. I pulled this clip because they, like a lot of this information, you know, isn't is very straight to the point. He's just te- it's like he's telling the interviewer what the movie's about. But I love it because Hopper, you can tell Hopper knows nothing about the sport. <laughs> <laughs> he knows nothing about basketball. He knows uh, very little about like uh, what what um, the teams are called or mm. what, what they <laughs> what they want to do in life. Like, <laughs> but he's fucking. 
he's just so sincere. And, a lot, and through my research for this uh, episode, I saw like a lot of people are saying he was the greatest fucking guy on set. Hackman gave the director a lot of problems, mm. as Hackman does, I guess. The, that's what he's known for. Um, but Hopper was the greatest. And um, he talks about it here. The, I, we were just about to get to the players. None of them had acted before. And he talks a little bit about that here. It makes a weird, weird connection to uh, somebody he starred with in an earlier film. Listen. It's just a wonderful story. I, I play, uh, I have a son that plays in the basketball, uh, on the basketball team, and I'm the sort of the town drunk. Um, it's a very, very moving part. It's a part that I got nominated for an Academy Award for. Uh, the only time that I was ever nominated as an actor. It's a, about a coach who comes back to the small town who's been banned from basketball because he hit one of his players. They went uh, to the state championship in Indiana, which is a very big thing in high school, and they built, be, beat the uh, the big professional, uh, the guys that were going to become professional uh, uh, basketball players. Big O, Oscar Robinson, who was a professional who played in the final game against them, said he came on the set while we were shooting, and he said... In my professional career, every time we were like, you know, we had a, a big underdog against us, I always thought of these little white termites that were so small we couldn't even find them. They just ran all around us and whipped us. So I never forgot that game. I mean, Hoosiers had it. Uh, David Anspa, the director, and uh, uh, Angelo Pisa, wrote the screenplay, and they both went to the University of Indiana. Uh, they were both big fans of Bob Knight, who was the coach there, basketball coach there. And uh, this was a true story. This story, actually, James Dean played against this team in Hoosiers, which was, uh, I found out, in 1951. It's just inspirational, you know. I mean, I have so many coaches come to me and so many players and say, professional professional teams that when they get down on the plane the coach puts it in and they're all watching Hoosiers suddenly so uh, and it's the first time in my career because I play so many villains that uh, little kids came up to me and called me coach <laughs> Gene Hackman is wonderful in that and all the kids none of the kids had ever acted before so uh, Gene spent an awful lot of time with them and uh, really worked hard with them but we'd sit over on the side and Gene would say to me this movie, what are, what are we doing in this movie? How crazy is this? No basketball movie has ever made any money. He said, college, professional, nothing. And we're doing a high school basketball team? We should have our heads examined. And he said, why don't they shoot the money? Come over here and shoot the money. They're always shooting those kids playing basketball. But he was very funny. And then he'd go and just work his, uh, work his buns off uh, helping them. Um, so a couple of things here. The... Uh... <laughs> Said he was joking around with Hackman on how this movie's not going to make any money. Apparently, I've watched a video on this. I've read it in a lot of the trivia or whatever. Um, there's a scene in the film and during one of the montages when they're making their uh, – when they start getting good, basically, when they start winning their games. There's a mm -hmm. montage of them winning. And uh, you see a scene with Hackman leaning over to Hopper on the bench and they're laughing. So apparently, this was told by uh, Hopper years later that Hackman – <laughs> he's leaned over Hopper uh, and just said, what the fuck are we doing in this film? It's good. We're never going to work again. He just started laughing. It's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, you know, it's funny. I think I, I saw a similar video that was pointing that out because I was, I was going to bring that up too, like how fucking crazy that is. <laughs> I mean, so Hackman is, is kind of known for this though, right? I mean, I've heard stories about him on set 
from a lot of different movies just being an absolute cocksucker. Um, but, you know, he just had the talent to back it up. So I guess, you know, he, like directors would just fight through it for the most part. Um, yeah. So I read a couple – like I read uh, an article about how bad Hackman was in this movie, like just, just relentlessly changing lines or challenging the director on the way he's directing or, or you know, like dialogue and shit like that. Yeah. But then uh, afterwards I watched an actual interview with the director and he, he kind of said the same thing. But then he said, but that's just Hackman. Like I thought it was me for a long time. Mm. But it was, it's everyone Hackman works with. <laughs> so he felt a lot better about himself after that. Yeah. And uh, came to – there was uh, and during this interview, I believe, or maybe it was that video I watched. I don't know. Um, but he he had to redub some lines at the end of the film, and he didn't think he he asked he saved Hackman for the last person to do it because mm-hmm. he didn't think he could do it, and uh, Hackman demanded that he would got to see the rough cut first. Mm-hmm. Fucking packaged it all up, gave to Hackman. Hackman walked into his fucking office the next day. And was just like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> like, he loved it. And that's why he ended up doing uh, the, the redub lines. That's incredible. It's incredible. And, and, okay, so one more thing about Hackman just before we move on. But So um, his last movie was in 2004. And he just walked away. Like, he's not in movies at all anymore. And it's crazy to think. Like, he's still alive. He just he retired and, and he's good. Like, Never comes up in the press. He's clearly just, you know, in in retirement, seclusion, whatever you want to call it. But um, I, I don't know. It just seems like most celebrities, you at least hear from them once in a while. Like, even, even before Sean Connery died, he would show yeah. up at, like, Wimbledon or the Masters or something once in a while. You know, you'd, you'd at least know he was still alive. But I don't know that we've had evidence that, <laughs> that Gene Hackman's still alive, you know? So just... Yeah, and, and you, it's a bigger deal, like... You know, when you see something like uh, you'll see an article every once in a while, like Rick Moranis has decided to never act again. And that's a big deal. I've never I don't remember ever seeing that about Gene, Gene Hackman. Yeah, he's just he, I mean, successfully, obviously uh, stepped away. He's just done. So interesting. Um, so another thing that Hopper said there, like this is very, very like he says it's based on a true story, but it's very loosely based on a small school in Indiana, uh, mm-hmm. Milan, the Milan, the Milan Indians who went on to win the championship that was the game he was referencing with oscar robertson okay. um and the fact that he found out like he starred with jimmy um who did he say uh was it jim oh uh, james dean james Stewart. uh he he uh starred with him in giant mm. so for him to find out years later must have been a weird connection for him like the original team that this is based on he played against him um uh so that was very cool so getting yeah. to the kids he mentioned the kids there um None of them had acted before, mm. and they were all basketball players. So the director, and I think this is a very key component to this film for me, he found basketball players and taught them how to act instead of taking actors and trying to teach them to play basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, that That's one thing that I definitely noticed was the authenticity of the playing. Um, you know, one of those movies that's kind of really um, well-respected for, for the the – uh, uh, the approach of the sport is rounders that we did for movie homework a couple months ago. Um, yes. And the way that those are all kind of realistic poker hands and those games play out in, you know, what most poker players would consider a realistic way. It's not like Casino Royale where, like, you know, somebody has a full house and the next guy is a royal flush and it's just like, you know, the odds of those two hands <laughs> hitting on the same round are just astronomically high. Um, yeah. 
I definitely got the feel and through through the playing and I will say the cinematography. I thought that all of the games, the way they're shot, um, the camera's not quite like moving a lot, but it's right at eye level with the players, and it's on the court. So you you kind of feel like it, I don't want to say documentary, but it's kind of got that feel. Like do you do you get that sense from it at all? It looks different than other basketball movies to me. Absolutely, and I and I read something. I didn't really realize exactly what you're talking about until I read this. Uh, it has to do with the fact that these guys are all basketball players. Um, they they were good. Like most of them. Like one guy was actually playing in college. Raid. Mm-hmm. He was playing in college. This is a whole other stuff. Well, I will get right back to that story. But so yeah. you know, Raid, the, the, the guy that likes to fucking chuck fucking thirty footers every right. game. Right. Right. <laughs> He was playing for a call, like, uh, uh, fuck, what was the name of the university? DePaul, DePaul University or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he got cast in the movie. And then the NCAA went, sent an investigation into him being paid to play basketball. <laughs> so they had to go and have a ruling on the fact that they were paying him to be an actor and not a basketball player. So he won the case, but he still got suspended for three games and had to pay back 5% of what he made on the film. Dude, the NCAA is such a fucking racket. That is incredible. Joke. Oh, my God. That's and, frustrating. And, okay, so anyways, they're, they're, all, they're all good, right? So this allowed the director to leave that camera on them in those angles that you don't rarely see. Usually, you know, think about something like Teen Wolf, right? Right. Um, you, you got fucking they're dribbling like idiots and then they just fucking toss the ball over their shoulder and then they cut to the basket and a swish right mm. so this movie he didn't they didn't have to do that because these guys were making so many of their shots yeah that they get that shot in one take they would get him shooting it from 30 feet out and hitting it and it looks fucking it looks like amazing like i know exactly what you're saying yeah it is definitely a different feel um the only the only movie basketball wise comparison comparable to it is blue chips because they're all in the nba like all the fucking players in that movie are in the nba you know what i mean so um the the finale of that film is a real game that Mm -hmm. they they literally played out with fucking um bobby knight is actually the coach on the other team and nick nolte are literally having a fucking fallout game in that movie and uh, that's why that looks so authentic uh so so this like (sighs) I, I love the fact that these guys are all basketball players. Actually, the the worst guy on the team, Ollie, is the best player in real life. He was, oh, really? uh, yeah, he was a star point guard for his team in Indiana, and uh, he had to dumb down his basketball skills. This guy's acting double duty, Jack. Yeah. Like he had to act like an idiot, <laughs> right. and he also had to basketball like an idiot because he was fucking the best guy out there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the the one if if I take absolutely nothing else away from this movie, it's that now at least I have a very clear spectrum of basketball playing. You know, Hoosiers being on one side, and you know, uh, Tony Montana playing against like eight people and Scarface on the other. So, <laughs> I hope you from now on. I hope you hate other basketball scenes as much as I do. I, I hope, think, I want yeah, you. I think I bite now, dude. <laughs> These are so good. Watch Escape from L.A. when he has to make the shots. Oh, and fucking Watch uh, Alien, uh, what is it, Alien Resurrection. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like Gordon Weaver's playing basketball. Watch these scenes and tell me you don't want to rip your fucking flesh off your fucking face. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world. That's oh, rough. Uh, so Jimmy Chitwood, who is obviously the best player on the team, he is the only one that didn't play high school basketball because he got cut from his team three times. Oh, really? 
And they found him at an open gym workout. So they had open casting. And then they they didn't feel like they had the right person. Mm. They went to an open gym, like just basically what I do with my friends on Tuesday night, just fucking pick up basketball. They went there, and this and fucking Jimmy Chitwood happened to get hot that night, and they asked him to come to casting, and he mm. fucking got the part. Wow, wow, it, holy shit! So uh, overall, though, ha, like, what what are your thoughts on the cast? Did they miss something? Did they uh, could they have done better? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I noticed, I, and I didn't feel it as much on the first watch, but definitely on the second one, um, I I read a little bit about how the, the first cut of the movie was three hours, yeah. um, and there were a couple of things that definitely felt like they were missing, and you kind of set it up front, the whole, like, Barbara Hershey's character switching from, like, you know, really skeptical to all of a sudden, yeah, I want a piece of that Hackman, um, that that happens with, like, no build-up, Um I also feel like on the first watch, um, what's his name? Shooter. I, I really felt like I wanted Shooter to be at the game. Um, right. But at the same time, I think it works better if he is still in the psychiatric ward because his character, like, and, and I'm sure that Hopper has spoken to this, but like, I feel like. Hopper is, is was an intense actor, and that character, if he made that choice at that point, like it makes more sense for him to not be at the game. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, and you're 100 correct. That was Hopper's call. Oh, it really? Was, it was originally written that he was to travel to the final game, and Hopper said, "I don't think he should go." Oh, and, okay. uh, now, whether it be maybe Hopper wanted his own spotlight during the game because I don't know. I, I, I love those scenes. I love those scenes when they cut to him in the hospital. It's just something very special about it. I love seeing someone fucking, uh, you know, uh, celebrate or get really pumped up uh, listening to the fucking game on that little radio. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, um, and it, it also kind of keeps it more um, in the realm of, like, being an artistic choice because, like, and, and I know I'm doing horrible remembering other sports movies, but, like, how many fucking sports movies end especially 80s sports movies with all the characters at the game as the buzzer or, you know, final touchdown is thrown or whatever. The, you know, guy shoots par on the course. Everybody's there. Everybody's having a celebration as the guy wins the tournament and then, you know, walks off into the sunset with his girl and his father or avenging his, you know, whatever. Like, I like that Hoosiers, there's like a reality to it that's going on. So, like, you get the highs of the finale but there's also the undercurrent of like, oh, okay, th- this guy, he's going to work on himself. And you get – I don't know. I came away from the movie thinking like he's going to work on being better. Like he might not do it perfectly, but I, I guess it gave me more to chew on with his character than if he just showed up at the game. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean getting even more to the, the, the story, um, what was missing – I mean, there's some big things in here, and I don't know if you've done your research or not to answer your own questions, but I'm I'm going to focus more on your first viewing here. Yeah. There's a big mystery in this film upon first viewing that doesn't make any sense to a lot of people that watch it. It is, in fact, the first question the director or writer ever get when they open up uh, to questions on a, on a presentation or something like that. Um, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Oh, um, probably how What's-His-Name gets back on the team, right? Yeah, yeah so. which is like fucking random and another that was the other thing like clearly cut from the 3 hour version. So and this 
not only does this really kind of solve that mystery, it also tends like it lends itself to the Barbara Hershey thing. So this is a whole yeah, this is a whole storyline that is cut out of the film. Okay. Um, and it's exactly because of what you said. They wanted to get this. It was almost three hours. They wanted to get it under fucking two hours. So they had a lot to cut. Now, apparently the buddy story is the last thing that they cut and they fought for it tooth and nail. They said, because it's really obvious that there's no explanation after buddy is cut from the first scene the coach has with the basketball team until after the first game when he's back on the team and no one says a fucking word. About <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and it makes it worse because the other guy that leaves with him, there's a scene showing him come back right. on the team. Right, it's, right, right. And his father's yeah. in it for the rest of the movie, too. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> it's a big deal. It's very apparent that he gets back on the team. Then Buddy just shows up out of nowhere. So, yes, there's an entire storyline with Buddy that... Now, do you know any about anything about this? No, I didn't, I didn't hear about this at all. Okay. I'm, I'm very happy. Okay. Buddy decides to, to transfer after he gets cut from the team. Okay. And goes to a rival school. Now, when Coach Dale finds out about this, he loses his shit. Now, this is important for one very big reason. Dale's there because he can't fucking control his temper, right? Mm -hmm. So when he loses his shit after hearing this, we get a glimpse of that. And there's a huge confrontation between him and Cuntface Hershey. So it just it pushes that relationship you know, a little bit more aside from what we see in the movie. Right. All they do is have these little conversations throughout the movie, this, 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 that. In this conversation that they have, there's a lot of emotion. You know, there's yelling, there's this. And Barbara Hershey, he, like, Hackman kind of takes the aggressive standpoint in this mm -hmm. conversation, right? Hershey mm -hmm. isn't the kind that I'm fucking making her out to be. Right. Or, or they made her out to be. <laughs> right. So, well, yeah. So you get to see her kind of go back on her heels a little bit and then kind of try to make things good with with the coach. Okay. So you see that given pull or uh, uh, push and pull there between the two characters. So then Buddy goes to the other school, apparently uh, can't fucking hack it there because he's played for Hickory his entire fucking school career and he couldn't find himself – uh, he couldn't put himself up to putting on the uniform of another team and he ends up coming back and here's the moment I have I pulled the moment it's in the it's in the uh, deleted scenes on the DVD of him asking for a spot back on the team how was the game I don't know didn't you play I couldn't I went there and and I got dressed and all, and we had to go out on the floor. I just couldn't do it. I've been shooting baskets for Hickory since the first grade. Just don't seem right in my gut to, to be a tiger in my last year. The team we've been trying to beat forever. I was hoping that... If it's all right with Cletus... It's fine with me. Just remember, your second chance is the last chance you're allowed. And that, and that ends the mystery. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. I did have this DVD for many years, Jack. So I was always kind of just like, and I, it was one of those things too where I never think, like I, I never thought at work one night, hey, I'll just look that up. It's just like once you stop watching the film, it kind of escapes you because you get all pumped up about the end and all that, oh, and yeah. you never think buddy anymore, right? But yeah. doing the research for this, I really needed a solid answer for you in case you were wondering, and I knew you would be. Yeah. Where the fuck Buddy came from, and, yeah. and you know, Buddy thought to be a pretty cool character in this in this film. His defense and the the whole chewing gum joke and all that kind of shit. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really happy to uh, be able to fucking clear that up for anyone that's listening to this. Well, buddy, uh, fucking or job back. That's that's an interesting thing that came up in another um, recording that I did. So there's another recording for the movie Chinatown in this series, and we talk a bit about. Chinatown being this, like, you know, because it's always talked about as the the greatest screenplay of all time. And in the conversation, I was sort of mapping out the way that the plot evolves from this, like, really simple idea. And everything branches off of that, you know. And there's no wasted scene. To the point where, like, you can't cut anything out of Chinatown. Because if you did, you, would, you wouldn't be able to put the movie together. Like, you'd, every scene has critical information. So... It makes me respect stuff like that even more when, you know, they wrote a script where everything had to be in it or else it falls apart. And, and it's just, like, unfortunate when you see stuff like this. It's just, uh, you know, <laughs> the fucking studio wouldn't let him have one scene. It destroyed two storylines at the same time. You know, it's like, uh, but. Absolutely. And, and you're right. And it, not that it destroys, destroys no, the, no, but. Dale, the Dale storyline, but it does add – It look, it, we pretty much don't get to see the coach – he doesn't have um, an arc in this film, really. Right. Like, he shows up trying to find redemption for, I guess, when we find out what he did in the past. Maybe that's a little bit of a detriment. But, he, like, it's a straight line from beginning to end here. He's just, he's the same guy. You know, he's got his standards. And, and he, he's the same guy throughout the film. This showed us a little bit of his dark side, right? It gave mm-hmm. us, like I said, he, he really attacks Barbara Hershey's character here. And, and, and it makes us feel bad for her and don't and not like him. Right. We don't get anywhere else in the film, and nowhere. He, he's just, he's a fucking awesome, lovable coach, uh, widely considered one of the greatest movie coaches of all time. Mm. Um, so it's just interesting. It's interesting that that wasn't uh, included in the film. I, it's really hard to cut that, man. I mean, goddamn. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me that this movie's as well respected as it is, and and like he is is you know one of the great movie coaches and all that stuff. But like he's not even. It's like you said, there's no arc for him. He's the same guy from the beginning as he is at the end. And it's crazy to me that while Dennis Hopper is on the cast list, he's not, I I don't know, at least in my experience, he's not spoken of in nearly as high regard with this movie as Gene Hackman is. And yet I think he's easily like the performance of the movie. And like, I don't know, the emotional center of of a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. I mean, there's very few times... I mean, there's times you feel uncomfortable watching this film, but yeah. there's only like a couple times where you feel really like down, and that's, you know, when he fucking shows up to that game shit faced. Oh yeah, like that's a horrible fucking moment. Just like you're just like oh man, because he just this is right the game after the picket festigate. Like you know the ultimate high for Dennis Hopper's character. You want to talk about an arc? The ultimate high for Dennis Hopper's character, and then all of a sudden he's at his fucking the ultimate low. Um, you're right. He is the fucking arc in the movie. Like, Hackman is just, he's just coach. He's just coach throughout the movie. 
and 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 Hopper, you know, he brings all the emotion to this fucking this 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 screenplay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, there are other deleted scenes. There's a bunch. Obviously, they cut like pretty much an hour out of this film. Sure, yeah. More of them, uh, you know, um, back up the Barbara Hershey uh, love story thing. Um, as a whole subplot, though. Even if you can imagine what those deleted scenes would be, how do you feel about that as a as a as a fucking love kind of storyline between those two? It, it doesn't work for me, to, to be totally honest with you. It kind of reeks of like, I know it's eighty six, but it kind of reeks of old Hollywood. Like, oh, you know, uh, she's like, I, I'm, I'm looking at it on IMDb now. There's like an eighteen year difference between the two of them. Um, oh. It, it it just doesn't it doesn't work. Like Gene Hackman's too old for her in this. Um, you know, maybe I, I mean I I'm not saying that people can't marry who they want to marry, whatever consenting adults and all that shit. But it just doesn't feel correct. I don't know. They, I don't think they have much chemistry. And then yeah, it just yeah, it's kind of it's kind of one of the weak points of the film for me. It going back to what we were saying too about Hackman's character. It, there's nothing about his character that that warms up to Barbara Hershey's like exactly they're, they're both defined very early in the film right Barbara Hershey you, you get her backstory why she's there how she feels about the town how she feels about basketball this and that same thing with coach so where along the lines did those paths cross I don't, I don't yeah like I don't, I don't I don't see it <laughs> no me either at no point like all of a sudden she's likes bat. I, I, I don't know I don't get it um it's weird all right um yeah. Oh, all right, let's talk about let's talk about the cliche aspect of this film. Now, mm-hmm. I told you earlier this was this set the standard for cliche. I mean, um, at any point in this film, did you think they weren't going to win? No, no. You knew. You just you knew from the get go. I mean, I I knew, and 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 not trying to stack the deck here or anything but i am familiar with the you know the finale like i i've oh. i've been aware of where this movie goes in the end and obviously being one of the most famous sports movies of all time it, you have like 90% certainty that you know how it's going to go um mm-hmm. so I, I did know that up front I, I will say this though i had totally forgotten about that until the last 10 minutes of the movie and i was like oh this is that scene Right, like now I remember what I'm about to see here. Um, I didn't remember enough to know who shoots the final shot or like the context, you know. But I was just like, oh, I recognize this gym floor. Oh, I re- okay, yeah, like I know where I am here a little bit. But <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about that that gameplay. That okay, let's just talk about Jimmy Chipwood for a bit. Okay? Sure, <laughs> because sure. he's fucking god in my eyes. <laughs> There's things about Jimmy Chitwood in this movie that, I mean, I was laser focused last night watching this, or this morning watching this, and I just mean the guy, he truly is a cinematic icon for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the way he his character is just comes off in this film. He has, I think, exactly four lines of dialogue in this film. Yeah, I was gonna say like he doesn't say much. <laughs> four lines of dialogue. Let me tell you a little, bit, a little bit of the legend of Jimmy Chitwood, though, okay? So the, the, the scene where uh, Coach goes to the house to talk to him and he's shooting baskets outside. Yeah. All done in one take. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Chitwood never missed a shot until Coach Dale turns around to leave. 
Really? He hit every single one of those shots in a row during that take. Jesus. The scenes when um, Jimmy first... Okay, so how they treat Jimmy in this in this movie is, is fucking brilliant in my eyes, okay? He's this fucking legend, all right? And everyone wants him to play in this and that. So when he first joins the team, we get to see him shine a bit. Mm. Um, there's a couple there's a couple moments in that first game that Jimmy plays where he he fucking takes a shot and the camera doesn't like the camera doesn't show the basket in the scene. It just shows Jimmy. And then he fucking kind of he he kind of closes his eyes, he kind of fucking starts running away and then the the crowd explodes behind him. Mm. This is this is my soul. Like yeah. these fuck scenes, Jack. These slow motion scenes of Chitwood just fucking draining fucking shots on the other team with the with the crowd going nuts. It is everything to me. Like I fucking will never not get goosebumps over that shit. But then, oh sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I like the way that he is set up, and and the, I mean the. Granted, I only watched this twice, right? So like you've had a lot more time to pay attention to the basketball scenes. But for me, the thing that sells me on him as being just the most suave motherfucker in the movie yeah. is when he arrives at the um, town hall meeting where they're voting coach out of town. And he just goes up to the front of the crowd and he's like, I got something I want to say. Uh, I think it's about time I play ball. And, they, you know, they just go nuts. And they're like, hi. Ah. He's like, but if I stay, coach stays. And the rest of them are just like, well, we got to revote that because, like, yeah, you're staying, you know? <laughs> Power. That's some giant fucking brass balls. Oh my god! Just right out on the table. Just but pretty much. It, you wouldn't need any dialogue. You could just have a scene. You could just show the faces of the crowd, and and just like you know, he walks in. You hear an unzip, and you just hear on the table. <laughs> just we need to revote. <laughs> That's the next line of dialogue. <laughs> oh man! Um, so just going back to him, like. After that initial, uh, when he first joins the team, I mean, we get, periodically we get a couple scenes with Jimmy, but the the play is spread out a lot. So mm -hmm. the picket fence game, the shot's hit by Merle, who is a very underrated character in this film, and I love Merle for a lot of reasons. Um, he's the guy that hits the picket fence shot. He's the guy that fucking has the, the let's let's do it for all the small schools that couldn't be here. Oh, yeah. In the fucking the, the pop-up pop speech. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that during the final game says, uh, coach, you fucking idiot. Like, I think Jimmy can take the guy that's guarding him. <laughs> like, right. I don't know why you had to tell the coach that. But, right, right. Okay. Um, but and here's the th OK. So and then we got the Ollie fucking free throw game. You know what I mean? Like we, we got a there's a lot of focus on the other players here. Mm. But the moment Merle says that line, Jimmy fucking Chitwood is a motherfucking assassin. Mm. And it is incredible to watch i think uh bill simmons way back in the day when he was just the sports guy did an entire article on this and it kind of did a box score for the final game he figured out what the, the the final box score for the game would be and i think jimmy chitwood ends up on screen scoring 26 of hickory's like 47 points or something like that nice. he is unconscious i absolutely love the way that they film this fucking final game he is unbelievable. The fucking other team's not missing. Jimmy's not missing. It's back and forth. And the moment you get the I'll make it line, my my brain can almost not even comprehend how amazing that line is to me, Jack. Like, it is, it is one of my favorite lines in all of film history because I can remember the exact feeling I had in the theater watching this as a kid. Like, it 
it was everything to me. Mind you, this guy's own, that's his fourth line of the movie. He doesn't even speak. And you're waiting and you're waiting. And when fucking Gene Hackman, again, he's he's not a good coach in this final game, by the way. Again, wants to use fucking Jimmy as as a fucking decoy. And the entire team, you can just see them just all be like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, like everyone viewing the film, is, we're all just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, when he says, I can make it, man, it, it just fucking, it, it just blows me away. Every every time I watch this movie, it never fucking ceases to just just blow my mind up. How yes. did you feel during this final game? Were you into it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's instantly iconic. Like everything uh, from – what I mentioned before about how it's filmed um, and you bringing up the fact that they're all basketball players. It's the same reason that whenever we see good action, like with no cuts in a movie, because we know that they're really performing those moves. It's impressive for the same reasons, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm not, again, I'm not a basketball fan. I don't dislike basketball. I've just, I've never had an in, I've never played it. Just, I'm not, it's not on my radar, you know? Um, but the fact that this finale gets me invested in, in everything that's going on and it, exactly what you just said, Jimmy lays down that line. And it, you know what it reminded me of? And I have to tie it into this because it's my own. It's the only reference I have for sports, okay? But I'm going to tie it into football. I'm going to oh. tie it into the Patriots, okay? Oh, and, yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. Listen, listen it, there's a very it – it took me back exactly to this moment, Okay. Um, Super Bowl versus the Falcons, right? We, we, you know, Patriots tied up at the end, um, and they have to go flip the coin for overtime. First Super Bowl overtime ever, right? Flip the coin. I can't remember what the Patriots call, but they get it. If, so if they call tails, it comes up tails. Before the referee finishes saying anything, Matthew Slater, number 19, okay? He's a wide receiver on the team. He can't catch a ball to save his life, but he's a special teams gunner. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Before the ref says, what do you want to do? Matthew Slater takes both of his hands. He, like, pushes them towards his chest. And he just goes, we want the ball. And I remember in that moment, I knew 100% certainty they would win. Like, I didn't need to see the next drive. And, you know, that's exactly what they did. They marched down the field and they fucking won. That scene took me right back to that moment. So I know it's a different sport. I know it's a different scenario. But that feeling... I can understand where you're coming from with it. Like it's it, it very much like mirrors that sort of real sports connection that I have, despite it not being the same, you know, sport. But. That's fucking amazing. The fact that you just fucking compared the end of this film to probably one of your favorite sports moments of your life. Absolutely, that's, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um, just just as a note before we get out of here and I get your rating and your overall thoughts on the film, um, yeah. I doing research for this, again, I, I find out a lot about sh- movies I thought I knew everything about uh, doing this series of shows. Um, Merle, who I said that I was fully ready to come here and just fucking keep spouting off about Merle and how amazing I think he is, this fucking guy killed himself. Oh, man. Um, he fucking hung himself. Oh. I think back back in 2003 – and uh, he, he just because of, uh, I don't know, depression or whatever, um, just fucking blew me away. I could not fucking believe uh, that that what I was reading when I read the article. Like, it was just fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't think it had anything to do with this role. Like, not a, obviously, 
all of these players, none of them really had any other acting roles. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this was pretty much it. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Fuck, you never know what's going on in people's heads. But he, he was absolutely one of my favorite characters in this film. And that was fucking devastating when I read that, man. That's too bad. Ah, it sucks. Um, but he's fantastic in this film. And uh, so is everybody else. Um, I'll, I'll go first, Jack, because I, I don't think it's a, a secret. Uh, this is a 10 on 10 for me. It always has been. I, While you know, I might not be a kid anymore, I still know... You know, what it feels like to be that kid that watched this in the yeah. theater back when and it 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 just gets me every fucking time there's so many great little lines there's so many great little moments in this film mm-hmm. um um the fucking uh the, the the religious guy holding on to ollie uh before he goes and takes a free throw yep uh fucking, like i said the chewing gum thing uh when raid fucking punches that guy and asks coach i got him real good eh, coach uh, there's just all these little tiny exchanges that don't last any any more than a fucking second in the film, but they are the lines that stick with me throughout the years, and I look forward to them every time I watch the movie. They're highlights for me, and that's saying something. It's saying something for the 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 performances and the and the the writing. If it even is writing, it seems like sometimes it's just off the fucking you know top of their head, but it just makes it all feel so real. And the basketball obviously is a big reason why. This is a, a, a big, big fucking deal for me. It's a 10 on 10. Now, Jack, mm. it's the first time you've watched Hoosiers. Mm. Over 30 fucking years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you just compared it to the fucking Patriots Super Bowl win. <laughs> I, it's my, I, I know it's, it's on brand, but it's like it's my only reference point, you know? No, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I, this is giving me hope. This is for what I'm about to ask you. Yeah. What is your rating? For Hoosiers, far on ten. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, all right. So, like I said, so two, like I said, two, two watches in. Two watches in. And I'm getting a horrible echo. A horrible echo. Which is inconvenient. I'm hearing literally 100 percent of everything I say, and now it's gone. Okay, good. Um, Alex, you can edit that out if you want to later. Um, it's. It, I understand why this is seen as maybe the basketball movie. You know, it kind of has. A lot of iconic characters and moments. You know, the the idea that all of the team are non-actors, giving them the ability to shoot the film the way that they did, and and you know, at what I on the first watch saw as kind of a problem because I had an issue with separating the characters out on first watch because they're all relatively similar looking. Um those differences started to separate on the second watch. And like you said, the little quirks, the little, I don't want to call them eccentricities, but like the differences between Merle or Ollie or Jimmy, they become more obvious the more you watch the movie, I would assume. Um, Those things definitely stuck out. I have to say again, Dennis Hopper, man, I don't ever think of this guy as one of the great actors, but I I really need to because I don't think I've ever seen him be bad. Well, Let's take Super Mario Brothers out of the, that equation. <laughs> Aside from that, um, you know, he's, he always shows up as, as like, the guy in the movie. And even in, like, Apocalypse Now, where Marlon Brando gets all the attention, Hopper's fucking nuts in that movie. Um, you know, Speed, he's great. Uh, this is a spoiler alert for a show that's 20 years old. First season of 24, he's great. Um, so many little things. And I just, I respected what he was doing here so much. You know, it just felt like a real performance, like a real... I don't know, something that I, I, I think maybe he, um, people who know who Dennis Hopper is later in his career kind of take for granted. Like, the guy was a real actor, you know? Um, yeah. 
I, I like Gene Hackman. I don't love his performance. I, I think that as a coach, he's good. But again, like there just doesn't – it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot for him to do here outside of the coaching portions. Um, if there was anything about the movie that I didn't like, it was that I, I didn't feel that this was like a a great Gene Hackman performance. But like he's a good coach character in a sports movie, if that makes sense. I, I know it exactly makes sense because I know what you're talking about. He like when he has to deliver a, a a speech before the championship game, he does it very very well. Yeah, yeah. He do much more than give those speeches throughout the movie. Like it's that, just yeah. Um, I, I think that's that's maybe my biggest issue with the movie. I expected a little more out of Gene Hackman as an actor. Um, and and you know the the Barbara Hershey stuff is weird. I'm not a huge fan of the era, so a lot of the gray skies and. Um, you know, sort of the bleak outlook of daily life in this town. Um, That stuff I just don't like watching. I understand that's the setting. That's where the story happens. This is the era, all that stuff. I just don't find it very, like, appealing to watch, you know. But at at the end of the day, though, when it comes down to the basketball stuff and the, you know, the, the ultimate story and the goal of what that team's trying to do, I think this is a great movie. Um, I'm glad that I waited to watch it because I don't think that if I was younger, I would have given as much of a shit about this movie because I'm not a basketball fan, you know, but as a non-fan, I can appreciate it for what it is. Um, I don't know. Two viewings. I'm very comfortable at like a, like a solid eight on 10. Um, I'm going to come back to this. Uh, I, I, I have to put it in, in the you know, the, the range of, like, great sports movies. And I, I don't know. I feel like this movie has a lot to offer. I feel like over time I'm going to watch it again and kind of pull more from it, you know. Um, but, yeah, 8 on 10. Nice. Can you think of even any other basketball movies that you've seen? <laughs> well, this is going to sound pathetic, but the first, I mean, the first one that comes to mind because I grew up with it was fucking Space Jam, but that's not even a basketball movie, really. So Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. But, uh, all right. But, all right. Yeah. Thank you. At eight, yeah, man, it's good stuff. Good stuff, and I liked your uh, your passion because you gave me more appreciation for some of the details there. So, like, I, I feel like I have things that I need to look out for next time I watch it too, um, which is good. Nice, thank you. I don't, I don't get that respect. There's, let me just say, there's been a, a show or two on this fucking this fucking series that. I had the same passion and it didn't work. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I think I bet you I know who that was. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, thanks for listening to the docket. Uh, much, many more. I don't know how many more, but more episodes to come in season one. And uh, tune into bingemedia.net for all your podcast needs. Jack, thanks for hanging out with me. It's been a blast. Thanks for having. All right, let's go. Peace. You've been listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network at BingeMedia.net. Support the show by donating on Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Buy some merch at BingeMedia.net slash shop. Subscribe to our newsletter at BingeMedia.net slash newsletter. And don't forget, I didn't stop giving handjobs because I wasn't good at it. I stopped giving handjobs because I was the best at it. <laughs>